Hello, welcome to this week's Opening Bell. I'm Boxing News Editor Tris Dixon, joined here for a special 50th edition of the Opening Bell by Matt Christie. Uh, Matt, when we started this 50 episodes ago, who would have thought we'd still be here? Not me. Not me. I'm trying to think, actually. I can't remember the first one. Um, oh, I know. We were stuck in the, re in the flipping changing room around there. <laughs> We were in the shower cubicle, yeah, yeah. weren't we? Yeah, Trying to yeah. cut out all the bad background noise that we had to yeah, start with. Yeah. I think that was part of the problem, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that now we're not hiding yeah. in the toilets or carrying down the shower. It's actually a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, they were the days, weren't they? Yeah, flipping heck. Do you remember that? God. Yeah, haven't we come a long way? And you're in yeah. Vegas tomorrow. I so, got a long way from the toilet cubicle <laughs> to, the, to Las Vegas, hey? <laughs> Rock and roll. Um, so yeah, I wanted to talk, uh, it's a 50th edition, so we'll change something up to an extent and let's make it predominantly about Las Vegas and yeah. more specifically, before we go down any Las Vegas tangents like we do sometimes, we'll make it predominantly about Manny Pacquiao, yeah. uh, who you're going to see. You might witness the final nail in the boxing coffin of Manny Pacquiao. Is that in your? Is that is that something you envisage being seen? Not really. I think for it to be the absolute final nail, I think with the earning power that Pacquiao's got, it would take something like him to be stopped and convincingly stopped. Um, say Bradley to start fast and, and Pacquiao to be absolutely blitzed in three or four rounds for for Pacquiao at this stage really to turn around and say, okay, that's it. I think you know a few people now are tipping Bradley to win on points. And you could still make a case for Pacquiao coming back if that is the outcome. I mean, uh, Bradley is the underdog on the, to the bookies, seven mm. to four. Uh, Manny four to seven on. You can get twenty-two to one on the draw, which isn't a bad bet. I know. I know we bang on about those cheeky fivers on yeah. the draw and have done for the last fifty episodes, but that is not a bad bet, is it? Given the controversy the first time, given where they are in their respective careers, it should be more even this time than last time. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think you can make an argument that Bad Bradley has improved since then. Pacquiao hasn't. And so it's always interesting to see where the judges are going to score this because the last fight was so, so controversial um, that what are the judges going to do? Are they going to go into it with an open mind with absolutely nothing, no, no consideration to, to that first fight whatsoever? It's hard to believe that they'll be able to do that. Well, remember about the Lennox Lewis fight when he fought Evander Holyfield yeah, exactly. the second time and Lewis won by a wider margin in a fight that looked... Far closer. Yeah, and, and uh, people wondered if the judges then didn't have preconceived notions about trying yeah. to even things up on behalf of the boxer and the sport. But obviously, that's not the right way to go about things. Uh, Betway, by the way, have Pacquiao 1-2 to two on favourite, Bradley an 8-5 to five outsider, and they have the draw longest shot at 22-1. to one. Uh, interesting stuff indeed. Um, Bradley, I mean, he's he's very, despite his win, despite beating Marquez, do you still see him as the B-side of, of this fight? He is, and that's how he's been labelled, isn't it? I mean, despite winning that first fight, officially he was the winner in that first fight, this has still been billed as Pacquiao versus Bradley 2 as opposed to Bradley Pacquiao 2. Um, and he's, not, he's nothing like the attraction that Pacquiao is, evidenced by... Um, Bradley's two performances since. The Marquez fight had a bit more of a razzmatazz feel than the Provodnikov fight, but Bradley alone does not sell a contest. Pacquiao does, and that is the difference at this stage. 
What is it about Bradley that hasn't connected? I mean, the guy's got all the skill in the world. He's fought on the road. He's fought now Marquez. He's beaten Pacquiao. Um, he was in that fun, fun, fun fight with Ruslan Provodnikov where he put it all on the line. We've got a great interview of him with Don McRae that he mm. did after that uh, online, which you, you guys can check out in the McRae files. He put everything on the line for the fans that night. Um, yet still, he's not Mr. Popular, is he? No, he's not, and he's not. He, 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 to me, he comes across he comes across well in the in the vast majority of interviews. Spoke to him on a couple of occasions. You know, considering he's one of the best pound for pound guys, he's also one of the most humble guys out there. Um, but I, I also think he is at this moment in time probably at the most popular he has been um, as a result of of the Provodnikov fight, and and he looked fantastic, I thought, against Marquez. Um, if he if he beats Pacquiao convincingly, we could see Bradley start to move into that kind of you know that very very um, exclusive club um, of of where fighters can command hefty paydays. But I think it would take a very very convincing win. I think there's a couple of things there, Bradley. One one thing you didn't mention when you said about his popularity or lack thereof is he took a lot of the flack for the decision in the yeah, first fight, yeah. which obviously he's not the judge, he's not the official, he doesn't score it, but he was criticised for his part in the, in the heist, as people yeah. saw it. Uh, you know, almost he was the getaway driver after the, yeah. after, after the incident had, been, had come and gone, after the scoring had come and gone, which is obviously unfair on the fighter because, you know, all he does is go, go out and fight. Secondly, there was the whole thing about the injuries he sustained in the fight, which... Um, I can't remember what it was now. Was it after the fourth round and then earlier as well? He, he buckled his, his, his buckled ankle, an ankle. wasn't it? Yeah. And then, I mean, there was the different things afterwards. He showed up to the post-fight press conference in a wheelchair, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that sort of, I don't know. I mean, if you need it, you need it. But, you know, that sort of stuff just isn't an endearing, it doesn't make for an endearing sight in this sport of warriors. And I hate to say it because if you do need it and you, you have to get around on crutches or a wheelchair, then that's fine, but the, the bar's been set so high by the, by the high pain thresholds of lunatics in past years where we've seen ex extraordinary things. You think of Vitaly with his face hanging off against Lennox Lewis. You think of Danny Williams with his shoulder dangling out. You think of Saad Mohammed and the, the cut to his lip against Murray Sutherland where his, you know, his bottom lip was dangling beneath his chin. Uh, numerous things like that and the, the bar has been set extraordinarily high so any sign of someone with a sore toe for instance yeah. it doesn't it doesn't equate to the same sort of level of it as as bloodthirsty i know i know it's, it's almost as if they they really should wipe from record anything that a boxer says or do in in the two-day period after the fight um you've kind of got that whole you, you kind of alluded to david hay and his toe there also carl frotch is kind of you know, quite bitter rant after the George Groves fight. Bradley, you know, complained. I mean, if, if, if Bradley had come out of the first Pacquiao fight and said, okay, I got lucky there, didn't I? I got lucky. Um, you know, I thought perhaps that Pacquiao had nicked it, but yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've got lucky. Rather than saying to, you know, a, a, an audience of which 99% believes he'd just been beaten and beaten handily, yeah, I won that fight, what you're complaining about. Immediately, that's going to get people's backs up. Well, the funny thing is you say about that, I've watched the head-to-head -head with Max Kellerman on HBO this week uh, on Box Nation, and Bradley's still insisting he won the fight eight rounds to four. 
Which is, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, talk about sticking to your guns. But like you say, that that's not going to endear him to those thousands, if not millions, of fans who do believe that he didn't deserve the verdict. It's true, and if he, if he really, really believes that, I can't. I mean, I've I watched the fight again recently, and it's it's hard for me to say that, that it's hard for me to say that Bradley won that fight. There's some rounds that were close, but the rounds that Pacquiao were winning, Pacquiao was winning convincingly. Um, it does make this very interesting indeed, and you can see why Pacquiao is the favourite. That was two years ago, um, and to the, the average card, really, people were turning back. The people who were watching was 118, 110 in Pacquiao's favour. Um, has Pacquiao slipped to the extent that, that he's, he can lose that kind of advantage? Yeah, I mean, it's it's partly that. It's partly that people have seen the signs of slippage in Pacquiao. Certainly, me, if if you guys. Uh, read the column and what I've written this week. There's there's signs of that, but obviously on the flip side, Bradley's just had a really good win over Marquez, and you know that means Bradley's as good or, or better than he's ever been, and Pacquiao's not going in that direction where he's putting in performances that are better than the previous one. No, it's 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 true, but there's also a danger that people can kind of yeah he's certainly yeah Bradley has has just beaten Marquez, and. He's beaten Marquez more handily than Pacquiao has managed in, in, in all their meetings. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, that Bradley therefore will then beat Pacquiao. You know, I mean, history will tell us that one guy will beat another. You know, you know that whole, just because one guy beats one man who'd beat another man doesn't mean he'll, you know. Yeah, we saw that. Nuts, yeah, we've seen that numerous times. But it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, I think people, the people that are saying that Bradley is definitely going to win this fight are hanging a lot of their evidence off that impressive win over Marquez. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I won't go into too much into it, into the, this uh, where I think Manny Pacquiao is. Part of the reason is because I've done it in the column this week, and uh, obviously I want people to to look at that. Yeah. Um, but secondly, it's actually quite sad for me to see where Manny Pacquiao is and where he could be in a year, mm. year or two from now. Because um, certainly since I became editor at the end of two thousand and nine, start of two thousand and ten. Um, and even before that, in fact, um, I think some of my best ringside memories, um, maybe you know, since I've been on the staff at Boxing News, have been Pacquiao fights. Um, and to think that that's all over, you know, it's like it's almost how I associate my era with with Pacquiao. And obviously, you know, that's a, um, that would probably sound incredibly egotistical. I didn't mean it to sound quite like that, but my. My days covering the sport, definitely the highlights for me have been covering Pacquiao fights. Mm. Um, because of the energy and excitement and everything else, um, just I think to name four fights that I've covered off the top of my head that really stand out. One was the uh, Marquez loss, where he walked onto that incredible yeah. shot. It was arguably one of the biggest shots thrown in, in history. And that, I mean, that was a, a shootout while it lasted that fight. It was absolutely blistering stuff. Um, I remember I was there when he beat De La Hoya, uh, and that was just an incredible night. I mean, people were saying that fight shouldn't go ahead because De La Hoya was too big. He was going to, you know, what was he doing fighting a former flyweight and all the rest of it. And I remember the, there was some really strong opinion about that, saying that you know the fight shouldn't be going ahead. And to see Manny go to work that night was just exceptional. And then I was there the night he blitzed um, Miguel Cotto. And that fight was good, competitive for three or four rounds. 
and then he put his foot on the gas and iced Cotto in the last round. And then, in fact, he went over to the Mandalay Bay afterwards where he performed his, um, uh, his post-fight um, celebration. He grabbed the microphone and was yeah. wearing a fedora and, and sang to a crowd of thousands in the Mandalay Bay, which was just surreal. I was there with the Times as Ron Lewis. That was a crazy thing. And then it was a really good, it was a really good trip and time in um, Dallas when he fought Joshua Cotty at Arlington Stadium. Um, you know, it's a f they were sort of piloting that stadium for boxing. They've had a couple of events there since. But that was big, it was special, it was new. Clotty had had a good hard fight with Miguel Cotto that he was coming off the back of um, and didn't put up much of a uh, opposition against Pacquiao, but then not many people were at that point in Pacquiao's career. You know, he was that fast, he was that good, he was that powerful that he was basically mowing down all that went before him. And the Pacquiao that I've mentioned there in the De La Hoya fight, uh, in the Clotty fight and in the Cotto fight, to an extent, a bit in the Marquez fourth fight as well, but um, it wasn't there when I saw him in China against Brandon Rios last year. It just wasn't, it didn't to me look or feel like the same Manny Pacquiao. And it's sad because, you know, fighters get old. We all get old and, you know, we all want to be younger again when you get to a certain age. When, you get, when, you, when you're young, you want to be older. When you're older, you want to be younger again. You can't get that time back. Um, and Manny Pacquiao now is a 35-year-old prize fighter, and name me 10 prize fighters in history that got better after the age of 35. No, there's something I did on the website recently where I kind of examined um, other fighters, other great fighters from, from history and, and compared, you know, compared them to Manny Pacquiao in terms of what they went, and went on to achieve at the age of 35 and onwards, and it doesn't make good reading for Manny Pacquiao to be honest with you, the vast majority will will decline. However, within those, there were a few um, that still came back and reinvented them. I think we've had this discussion before on here, but there is still a feeling for me that, that, that although the Pacquiao, who, you know, bashed De La Hoya from you know, one side of the ring to the other and then, you know, starched Ricky Hatton, then feasted on Miguel Cotto, yeah, he's certainly gone. The animal is gone. But there is another train of thought, and perhaps one that I am optimistically getting on, is that, is that Pacquiao could still have a couple of years left in a slightly different, slightly calmer, slightly more controlled nature. Yes, that fearsome beast has gone, but there still might be a pretty calculating um, champion still there within Manny Pacquiao. I was relative, obviously I wasn't there, but I was quite impressed with what I saw against Rios. Um, and if Pacquiao was to win at the weekend, I wouldn't be surprised. If he was to record a similar performance that he did in, that he did in the first fight, this time the cards reflected that, and he was to win 118, 110 across the board, something like that, it wouldn't be a big surprise to me. It is a big issue, the judges, isn't it, in Las Vegas yeah. at the moment? I mean, it's, it's something you don't want to have to weigh up and talk about going into a big fight, but it is... A, an enormous issue who's judging and and what the scorecards are going to be because it's been so hit and miss in Nevada yeah. the last couple of years for big fights that you, ca you can't take anything for granted can you what does Manny Pacquiao need to do to win the fight he's got he's done it before he's done it before hasn't he he did it in the first fight but I mean, okay, okay what's, uh, let me rephrase that what does he need to do to win the fight and get the decision um, 
I think if there is, I think if there's any shadow of a doubt as to how close rounds are, and I'm sorry to say it, I think Pacquiao is going to get the nod. I really do think. Because of what happened the because first time. Because of what happened the first time. But we've seen it where, where close fights the second time have again gone the other way, gone, gone in yeah. way the favour of the first. You know, you think of Mosley De La Hoya and a few others where they've, where they've, even the second time around you think there'll be justice and the rub just doesn't go that yeah. way. I mean, it's so hard to, so hard to predict. I mean, I think for, first and foremost, I think Manny needs to come out and assert himself. And secondly, he can't allow Bradley to outwork him down the last 30 seconds of each round, no. uh, down the stretch of each round. Those are obviously schoolboy things that people remember that, you know, you can't be outworked so that the last memory in the judge's head is of you, you know, getting hit, taking punishment. But he needs to be assertive and, you know, that to get, to get the decision. And, you know, you're talking about this Pacquiao Mark II, this new version maybe that might give him a couple of years. I'm not sure that that new version will please the Las Vegas judges. You know, a bit more safety first, a bit more measured. I'm not sure that's what he needs to do to go out and get the decision. Yeah, I hear you, I hear you, but you know, there's only one time where he hasn't pleased the Las Vegas judges and that was in this first, in this first fight. He's got the benefit of the doubt in, in some of the close decisions, namely um, the Marquez fights. Um, so, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I, the, the thing with this fight is it's so interesting. Pacquiao's age makes it interesting. Um, the whole, the, the, the fact that it's the first fight makes it interesting. The judging of the first fight makes it interesting. Bradley's and progression. Exactly, and where Bradley stands in, in, in the sport of boxing. And what you've got is even if it seems that there's one clear winner or there's one clear leader all the way through, you're not gonna know if it goes to, to the scorecards, you are just going to have no idea really what is about to unfold when they're announced. Yeah, until Michael makes Buffer it starts announcing. And that makes yeah. it really, really interesting. So hard to pick, isn't it? So yeah. hard to pick. Yeah, really hard. Really, Danny really hard. Danny Flexen's done the preview for us this week. Um, yeah. I've got to say, the more I think about, uh, the more I was thinking about this one, had I previewed it, and I was starting to think about Frotch and Groves, well, I'm getting splinters at the moment for both. Mm. I might even put on a draw double. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, my, great odds. my instinct, my first instinct when the rematch was announced was that Pacquiao would win. As the fight is getting closer and closer and closer, I'm reading more from, from Bradley. I'm reading the same old things from Pacquiao. No offence to Manny Pacquiao. You know, I think, I think over, the, over the years, the fact that the English is not his first language hasn't done him any favours. He can come across quite dull really in, in interviews when he's, you sense that he isn't quite saying what he wants to. Um, but you're hearing the same things again from Freddie Roach, yes Pacquiao's looking fantastic in training, probably better than I've ever seen him. You, you know now to take that with a pinch of salt. But what Bradley is saying is far more convincing um, and I am, I'm not, saying I would, I'm not saying if there's a gun put to my head on fight night I would pick Bradley but at the moment I'm swaying slightly towards Bradley, but obviously I'm going to be very lucky, very humble to be in the privileged position to be over there the next few days, and I'll be fascinated to see how my opinion changes when I'm in the thick of it. Yeah, and of course you'll be blogging religiously on the yeah, site. Yeah. Um, is there any way Pacquiao can get any kind of edge before the fight? We've seen, you know, I mentioned the gross frotch mind games and what have you now. Bradley doesn't seem to be phased by a great deal. I remember him coming over and beating Junior Witter over here when he was relatively inexperienced, I think he'd had about 20 fights to his name, 
com completely unflustered, came here, Deck Junior, took the WBC like welterweight title. Is there anything Pacquiao or Bradley can do to get the upper hand? And I'm thinking that the post-fight press conference, or the, the last press conference on Wednesday, the weigh-in on Friday, they've got a couple of opportunities to get one over on the other. Is there anything that can be said or done now, or is it just a matter of what's going to be done in the ring? I don't think so. I, don't, I really, I, I think at this point, I think Pacquiao's too long in the tooth really to fall for anything that Bradley may, may pull. Bradley isn't that kind of character anyway. Pacquiao has never been one to, to, to really kind of get in somebody's face and trash talk or attempt to, to, to set any mind traps or anything like that. I really think that, that everything that they know about each other will have come from that first fight now. Quite funny you mentioned the stuff about Pacquiao's personality. I mean, I've always found him quite an engaging chap, to be honest, and always enjoyed being around him. I remember his manners and how polite he was um, numerous times, actually. Uh, I think I've discussed it on the podcast before. Um, but when I was speaking to Ricky Hatton to do his, to do his book when we were working on the book last year, um, I later read somewhere that someone said there wasn't enough content in about what Manny was like as a person and basically Ricky's response was kind of what you see is what you get and he didn't really get to, you know, whereas Mayweather was sort of in his face mm. and tried to rub him up the wrong way. There was very little he could say about Pacquiao, positive or negative, because he was just, you know, a kind of bland, unexceptional character. Mm. That's not a swipe. Everyone's different. And so he didn't really have a great deal to say about Pacquiao as a person, all the build-up to their fight. Um, so it's interesting what you say and that you've got that. Um, obviously what you can't say, what you can't criticise Manny for is he's had a massive impact worldwide. And although, as some people might say, he's not exactly Captain Charisma, he's let his fist do a lot of the talking. And that's, yeah. you know, from the time he destroyed basically Marco Antonio Barrera in Texas, um, that whirlwind captivated the sporting public, didn't it? Yeah, no, it absolutely did. I mean, I hope I won't, I'm not misunderstood there. I'm not calling, but what I'm saying is, is, is that very often Pacquiao's words do not, they very, very rarely reflect the menace that then tends to, or that used to ensue. But um, I suppose that's the politician. Yeah, it? well, he, yeah, but he's, he is, he is an absolute, he is an absolute gentleman, and he has been a credit to the sport. Um, but. I think for too long now we've heard that he purposely didn't finish a guy off. We've been hearing it now since possibly the Clotty fight, if not the Clotty fight, definitely the Margarito fight. Yeah. We've been hearing that now with every single passing. And there's one thing there's one thing about letting a teak tough Clotty off the hook who's never been yeah. stopped and never looked like going anywhere to Margarito who had one eye and was pretty much defenceless. Yeah. It's two different specimens yeah. altogether, isn't it? And then the Mosley fight where, he, I mean, I'm reiterating some stuff now, but when he hurt him and decked him in the third round and then they basically high-fived their way through the rest yeah, of the yeah. contest. It's not what Bradley refers to as a killer instinct. And that's what's missing, isn't it? Mm, mm. And there certainly, certainly are outside influences in Manny Pacquiao's life now. Um, as there are in, in, like, kind of going back to what you said about, about age, as we get older, then for the vast majority of us, our lives can get a bit more complicated, a bit more can be involved, there's different priorities, you've got to spread yourself a little bit more thinly. And Pacquiao, more than most fighters, is, has, has been doing that for, for, for a few years now. Yeah, 
Very, very interesting stuff. Pacquiao, I mean, let's just, we can, we'll do a little roundup on what's going on in a minute, but Pacquiao, should he win, what happens next? Um, I'm not sure. There was talk again of a, another Marquez fight, as thrilling as the... First four as Yeah, as thrilling as they were, I'm kind of a bit tired of that now. Having been at that fourth one, I'd love to see a fifth, I've yeah. got to say. Yeah. I'd love to. But I'm not sure. I think Marquez is perhaps further down the line than Pacquiao is now. What about, who would you, okay, so say he wins, beats Bradley on points, then the options would be, I guess, Marquez, Bradley three, Marquez five, Bradley three, or Provodnikov one. Take your pick out of those three. Well, Provodnikov one is the one that immediately leaps out. If Bradley Pacquiao two is a thriller, I'm sure there'll be more calls for Bradley Pacquiao three than there would be for Pacquiao, Marquez five, and lost in all his numbers. Um, but yeah, I think it really, really depends on what this fight is like, how good Pacquiao looks. Um, because the Pacquiao, the Pacquiao of a few years ago against the Provodnikov of today would set pulses racing. What about Mayweather one? Any interest in that fight? Yeah, I've got loads of interest in that fight. I've got loads and loads, as you know. Um, I think if Pacquiao wins convincingly at the weekend, that is still the best fight to be made in boxing. It's still the most marketable fight. It's still the one that would bring the most interest from, from sports fans um, and boxing fans into, into the game. It's the only way Floyd gets anything like the money he got for Alvarez, and that? Exactly. It's the fight they both... It's, I mean, let's not go into it. I could be talking about it for, for hours and hours, but it is... <laughs> We've already done three years of it. It's the only... It's the, it's, if Pacquiao wins, it is really, with, with the exception of Mayweather going up to middleweight, it's the only real challenge out there for Floyd Mayweather, and it is one of the very, 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 very few fights where you could make a case for Mayweather losing. Okay, interesting stuff. Okay, so Bradley wins. What for him? What what, what would you like to see him do next? Because uh, there'd be very little chance, I'd imagine, of seeing Pacquiao Bradley three if Bradley wins the second one. Yeah, no, you wouldn't think so. Um, he'd he'd certainly hit again. I mean, the winner of this, whoever wins this, deserves. Put the politics to one side. Okay, we probably can't do that, but we should be able to. That's for this, for the sake of this conversation. Um, and for the sake of this podcast, let's put the politi politics to one side. And whoever wins this fight deserves to fight Floyd Mayweather. Absolutely no question. So if Bradley wins, he should fight Floyd Mayweather. Okay. Okay, some interesting stuff. We talked earlier about Bradley not getting massive fan recognition. You know, he's from Palm Springs. He doesn't seem to have a massive following even when he fights in California. Um, so he's gone out on the road. He's now obviously fighting in Las Vegas often enough. He's had 30-odd fights, and he hasn't been able to do what Carl Frampton has done in 18 fights, and that is to get a fevered, enthusiastic, atmospheric following behind him. What's Frampton managed to do in 18 fights that Bradley hasn't been able to do in 30 against some of the best fighters in the world? I'm not sure what it is. I mean, obviously, he's got... He's got a. Uh, he comes from a place where, where the public at large follow boxing anyway, which which is a massive, massive advantage for anybody. Um, he's got charisma. 
coming out of his out of his paws, Carl Frampton. He's got Barry McGuigan behind him, who is a national hero, who's been there and done it. Um, and he's a very, very exciting fighter. Hmm. Interesting stuff. I was at Belfast last weekend, the full reports in this week's issue. Atmosphere, probably, uh, certainly one of the top ten I've ever experienced. Mm. Um, if the fight had gone into a BA um, humdinger, uh, there's a good chance it might have intensified. But uh, as it was, the, f the, final, the final part of the fight was slightly anticlimactic, and so it didn't allow the atmosphere to take off as it might have done. That said, Frampton's ring walk was a spine tingler, uh, and anyone who manages to do that is doing something right because you know that those are the guys who can cross over into the mainstream. Uh, Matt, just um, sum up, I know we've done mostly Pacquiao. Um, there's a lot of Frampton content in the magazine this week. In fact, Barry McGuigan's the guest columnist. We've got, done a really good guest column this week for us. Um, well worth a look. Um, but give me your final thoughts on Enzo Macronelli. Uh, what happened, what happens next? And what would you advise Enzo to do? I don't think you're gonna. Ideally, I think he should retire now. I think he should retire. It's he didn't look he didn't look shot to pieces or anything. You can't you can't make any kind of uh, sane conclusion as to what would have happened if if that freakish eye injury hadn't have happened because it clearly hampered him um, from the start. It was such an early point in the fight. But also, you know, he's taken he's taken a lot of punishment in his career. That injury will take something out of him as well. Um, he's done himself proud, he's had a really, really strong career. The fact that he, he came back from those horrendous knockouts at cruiserweight and really did establish himself at light heavyweight, maybe not on the world scene. Um, he's got a lot to be proud of. However, I've spoke to him today. I'd be surprised if that's the route he takes. Um, I can't see how he could get a rematch with Bremer. I don't think they'd want it. Um, I think it would be probably be a difficult sell. Um, what is left for Enzo Macronelli really now? He's 33. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where he could go. Will he, will he be up for, for domestic titles? I don't see that he could walk straight back into another world title shot, which is what he'd want. Yeah, OK. Interesting stuff. Uh, Matt, we'll leave on that um, downer, as we tend to do <laughs> <laughs> every week. No, on a slightly more positive note, obviously you're Las Vegas bound from about 5.30 in the morning. Um, which is probably the time I'll be getting up. We'll probably be swapping some texts at 5.30. Um, and uh, I hope you have a great trip. Looking forward to reading all of your stuff online. Thank you. And uh, particularly looking forward to us reconvening for next week's podcast um, when we can hear all about what's happened with Manny Pacquiao and Timothy Bradley um, ahead of your so sure to be excellent report in next week's Boxing <laughs> News. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to getting you back here in the podcast chairs to talk all about your Las Vegas experiences. In the meantime, we'll be following you all uh, closely via www.boxingnewsonline.net. Thanks for joining me. Have a safe flight uh, there and back, <laughs> or safe flights. Flights uh, for four Yeah, together. I was going to say, we don't do direct flights here. Um, <laughs> We'll be back next week, guys. Thanks a lot for joining us.